0: The book of Psalms chapter 68, amen. Verse number 3 through verse number 6. If you're there with me, say amen. amen. All right. But let the, re- the righteous be glad. and Let them rejoice before God. Yea, let them exceedingly rejoice. Sing unto God. Sing praises to His name. Extol Him. I like that word. Extol Him that rideth upon the heavens by His name, Yah, and rejoice before Him. Yah is a conjunction of the name Jehovah. It's the redemptive name of God. Hallelujah. It's Christ wrapped in. Amen, in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. It is the Savior. Amen. Yah, Jehovah. Amen. A father of the fatherless and a judge of the widows is God in His holy habitation. God setteth the solitary in families. He bringeth out those which are bound with chains. But the rebellious dwell in a dry land. God setteth the solitary in families. He bringeth out those which are bound with chains. And the rebellious, but the rebellious dwell in a dry land. Hallelujah. I want to title this tonight, The Solitary. Father, thank you. For these testimonies. We give you honor and praise. Come on help me pray church. Thank you God tonight. For the Holy Ghost in this house. Thank you Lord for the ministry of your spirit and your word. That we've been made to, to enjoy in these times together in revival God. And now Lord we come to present ourselves to you again. That you may anoint the people of God. That you may anoint this pulpit God. Anoint this preacher Lord God I can't preach without you I've got to have the Holy Ghost help Lord I know what you want to say And I believe you're going to lift up the countenance of your people tonight And give them encouragement in the word of God Speak to us Lord Have your way God Renew God Give a promise God in somebody's heart tonight And I'll thank you for it forever and ever I give you praise right now God in the name of Jesus I ask it. praise him with me thank him with me will you thank you Lord thank you God for what you're going to do thank you Lord for an altar service thank you God tonight for victory thank you Lord for salvation thank you God for the baptism of the Holy Ghost thank you Lord for divine healing thank you God thank you hallelujah For the strength of God's people. Hallelujah. God bless you tonight. Amen. You can be seated in the Lord. I want to preach tonight. Amen. To this condition. Amen. That God has ordered in the family. To help families to discover the power of God. As he reaches down into them. And saves them one by one. Amen. This word solitary. Is a very powerful word. One of the things in Bible study. That you will discover. As you study certain words in the Bible. That God may lay upon your heart. Amen. The strength of a word is in its usage, amen, and how many times it's used, amen, and what manner that it is used or discerned. This word solitary, amen, is a word that's found only 12 times, amen, in the Scriptures. And these 12 times are very significant, amen. When you go into Bible study, amen, not only, amen, do the, Strength of words matter in how they're used and what their meaning is and what their root is. Amen. But there's another little law of Bible study, amen, that we like to hold on to and believe in because it has proven itself time and time again. And that's what we call the law of first mention. Amen. The first time that that word is used in the scriptures and its context around it helps you to understand the thought or the truth concerning Amen, that scripture or that word. Amen. And then, as you go to every place in the scripture where that word is used, Amen, and you begin to discern and understand by the context around that particular verse, Amen, the the, the deeper meaning of that word. You take all of that together and you begin to understand the heart of God. Amen. The Holy Ghost moved upon men to write these words that you hold in your hand the Holy Bible was written by holy men of old moved by the Holy Ghost penned Amen. he's the author of the book the words themselves are Christ hallelujah the word was made flesh and dwelt among us hallelujah and we beheld his glory the glory as of the only begotten of the father the only begotten of the father full of grace and truth so You hold in your hand Amen The Holy Ghost rendition The the heart expression Of God himself Reaching toward man By his son Glory to God Amen And I'm glad for this word solitary And you will be as well tonight Amen 12 times this word is used Amen It is pronounced in the Hebrew Yaqid Or Yawkeed Amen And this word Is from a root word, amen, which means uh, united, amen. Very simply, the word solitary uh, here is the word that is united or soul, a union of one almost as if in marriage amen when two become one amen they're no longer apart anymore God has put a man and a woman together and made them one flesh amen and God said don't let anybody put it apart say amen with me amen I hope I'm in the right church preaching tonight hallelujah one man and one woman hallelujah that's what the scripture teaches Amen. it's not one man and one man it's not one woman and one woman it's one man and one woman hallelujah oh I'm glad I'm in the right house tonight hallelujah to God amen and so this word solitary amen has the uh, has the foundation amen the strength the foundation of word the root of it amen that which holds it in place of this idea of being united or solely or union, a union of one even as in married amen, but there's something else about this word, amen because it is one, it has become beloved it has become special or loved, amen, loved in a special way, amen also, amen there is an understanding of this word amen, that it is because it's one, amen it occupies a lonely place, a lonely place so a union which is beloved and at times lonely amen and then there's another meaning for this word amen that kind of pulls amen and broadens it a little bit amen that speaks about life amen the life substance so this one amen that is beloved sometimes lonely is not dead but it's full of life hallelujah it's full of the life of God Amen. I want to draw your attention to the first place that this word is used. Turn in your Bibles and you'll begin to understand real quickly when you see this first time. Genesis chapter number 22. Genesis chapter number 22. Amen. Amen. And uh, this is the story of Abraham, amen, who is now, amen, commanded of God to go unto Mount Moriah, amen, and there make a sacrifice. And that sacrifice, amen, has been articulated to him by the voice of God himself in Abraham's heart that it must be his son, Isaac, 22 and verse 1. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham or test Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, Thine only son. That word thine only is the same word translated in Psalms solitary. Thine only. Thine only son. Someone who is made one. Someone who is beloved. Someone who is. The life force of God. And sometimes because He's one, He finds a lonely place. Amen. It's a lonely place. Amen. Read down a little bit further. Take now thy son, thine only son, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. Amen. Out of these times, amen, these 12 times, God's perfect number seven, this word is translated, Thine only Son. Seven times in the scriptures in the Old Testament, this word is translated. Thine only Son. Amen. This gives tremendous weight out of the twelve to that word. The understanding of it. Amen. And then there are two places in the scripture. Amen. Where Amen, this word is used and translated. Amen. Darling. Amen. Darling. You remember that word. Go to Psalms 20. Psalms chapter 20. And verse, or twenty-two, and 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 verse number twenty, Psalms twenty-two. In verse number 20 Now you stay with me I'm gonna, I am want you to learn something tonight I like when folks preach I like to learn something Don't you? Amen I want to know something That God's talking to my heart about Psalms 22 and verse number 20 You know that Psalms 22 Is the prophetic prayer of Christ Amen At Calvary Amen It is David's mouth Being moved by God Look at the first verse My God, my God Why hast thou far forsaken me. Amen. So you read through Psalm 22 and you begin to understand the heart of the Lord Jesus as he's hanging upon the tree. This psalm is the closest that we could find in the scriptures other than the account that Luke and Matthew and John and Mark gave us when they were there standing at a distance John himself being right underneath the cross standing near. Next to his mother, he meant hearing the words of God hanging on the cross, the Son of God. He meant pouring out his life, giving his life. Somebody said tonight. He man sister said. He man he looked down upon them that had just pierced him. He man gambling for his clothes, and he said, "Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do." A glimpse into the heart of God. But in Psalms twenty-two, we find a. A little bit more of of the depth of of the prayer and the heart cry, Amen, of the Lord through His servant David. And down in verse number twenty, here it is, Amen. Look at, let's go back up, Amen. Verse, uh, well, I could go way up, Amen. Verse twenty or verse twelve. I mean, many bulls have come past me, strong bulls of Bashan have beset me around. They gaped upon me with their mouths as a ravening and a roaring lion. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted in the midst of my bowels. My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue cleaveth to my jaws. Thou hast brought me into the dust of death. For dogs have compassed me, the assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. I may tell all my bones. They look and stare upon me, they part my garments among them and cast lots upon my vesture. But be not thou far. From me, O Lord. O make, O my strength, haste thee to help me. Here it is. Deliver my soul from the sword, my darling from the power of the dog. My darling. That word darling means precious life, the solitary. It's the same word. It's the same word. God sets the solitary in families. God finds someone in a household. I'm talking about families. That word is not talking about the family of men. It's talking about individual families of men on the earth. Mother, father, brother, sister, children, grandchildren, nieces, nephews, grandmas, grandpas, great grandmas, great grandpas, great nieces and great nephews and great uncles and great aunts and great greats and great greats. Hallelujah. But in the midst of that family chained God sets one and the Bible says amen, that that word means that he makes a union with them, he becomes one with them he literally joins as though in marriage to them, he begins He begins to love on them he begins to pour out his spirit in their life he begins to draw them up close, he because of his choosing and because of this closeness, he meant many times he's singled out, he's felt alone. Hallelujah. No one seems to understand what they're feeling in their heart and what God's doing through them to reach their families. I'm talking about God setting somebody in a family and joining himself with him that he might pour precious life through them and through that break the chains of all of those that are bound and to stand against the rebellious with a testimony of truth that's a powerful word solitary the solitary God sets the solitary Amen. This word solitary also has, because of its precious life, amen, it has the indication of fruitfulness. Fruitfulness. In other words, that life, amen, is not destroyed, but it grows. It reaches out of itself. When God breathes life into a baby in a mama's womb, those cells begin to divide. They begin to multiply rather rapidly. Amen. The gestation period being somewhere around nine months. Amen. And out comes a beautiful little boy or little girl. But they didn't come. Amen. At the moment... He meant that they came forth. That's when God gave them life. No. He breathed life at conception. In the very seed that he planted. And then watered that seed. When the two came together. Hallelujah to God. There's life there. And that life grows. And God blesses it. And causes it to be fruitful. And to multiply. Hallelujah. To multiply. You see God's got precious life. Growing in that solitary, a, a life that's going to have fruitfulness. Glory to God. And these are the powerful truths of this word, Yawkeed, solitary. Amen. In Zechariah chapter number 12, Amen. Zechariah chapter number 12, one of those seven, Amen. That I mentioned to you. There's a powerful verse here. Amen. That is a a prophetic statement of something that is yet to transpire. Because those that have rejected him. Amen. Are going to come to the knowledge of the truth someday. In Zechariah chapter 12 and verse number 10. I will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and of supplications. And they shall look upon me whom they have pierced and they shall mourn for him as one mourneth for his only son, his only son. Son, same word, Yachid, translated in Psalms the Solitary. Amen. And shall be in bitterness for him as one that is in bitterness, Amen, uh, for his firstborn. Amen. In other words, the only chance, the first chance, Amen, the only hope, Amen, there are going to be some that are going to mourn because they missed it. And so God's got a rest. Responsibility that he lays upon the solitary, amen, to live their life in such closeness to God and such union as though in marriage, amen. That he can work his precious life through that one and begin to have influence, amen. There's only two influences in our text tonight. That is either to break the chains or to stand against rebellion. Now, this word setteth is also a powerful word. It's more broadly used, but it has a very close root to the word solitary. Amen. It means to place, amen, or to esteem with endurance. I like that. When God does something, he does it well. When God starts something, he finishes it. Come on, church, help me tonight. When God sets something, he intends for it to stand. He intends for it to prosper he intends for it to go forth and so God sets the one that he unites with in the family so that he can have influence in that family hallelujah this word enduring establishment is very close to this marriage of one amen God places someone in the family am I getting through to you tonight amen you I know you're soaking it up listen to me you might be that solitary I pray God witness to your heart tonight that you are the solitary maybe you can point your finger even even now to somebody in your family who prayed for you who stood in the gap for you who took it on the chin who walked a lonely walk with God so that you could have a testimony of right and they didn't compromise And when you were rebellious They were lonely But when you gave in To the life of God through their prayer Then they had the influence That God intended And the family began to grow In God How many of you got a Solitary in your family Come on Hallelujah In my family In my siblings I'm it I was the first one to get saved. And the influence. Amen. When God started pouring this into my heart, I tell you, I wept. And I drew great encouragement from Him. Because I knew that it wasn't by chance that God just happened to walk by a miry pit and lift me out. But He had His eye on me. Oh hallelujah Even when I was in sin There was a hedge about me I'd like to preach about that hedge glory to God. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. The unbelieving spouse. He, man Sanctifies that husband or that spouse and their children are holy. Same word. Sanctified. It doesn't mean that they're clean. It means that they're set apart. They've got a hedge around them. God's protecting them. And he won't let nothing happen to them. Except he has direct influence. Why? Because there's somebody... In that home that took a stand for God. Hallelujah. Solitary. Maybe you're that solitary tonight. God's talking to you. He has every intention of making you fruitful. He has every intention of making you fruitful. God sets the one. Amen. Amen. They become a hope to those in chains and a witness against those who rebel. The worst thing you can do is pat rebellion on the head. Amen. Say amen. School teachers, you let that thing in the school, and it'll spread like wildfire, and it ignites in young people and in teenagers. Especially in preteens. I know what I'm talking about. Amen. Some of you realize that. I'm telling you, it ain't no different than in a home. You pat rebellion. Amen. I'm telling you. Hear me. Amen. Some children are kids because they're kids. And they develop at different ages. And some little boys, I had four of them. I know how they work. Amen. Some of them, they're just full of it. Amen. They're just full of vinegar. That's what my wife said it was. They're just full of vinegar. When you pull their socks off, you can tell. Amen. They're just full of vinegar. Amen. But when they're in rebellion, they need somebody that's stiff and strong. Somebody that won't bend. Somebody that'll love them and have the life of God for them. But they're not going to give in to the rebellion. Family, come drop it in. Time to go to church. Well what you want to go to church for? We come to see you. We're going to have supper. We're going to have a good time. Going to turn on the TV. What's that? You don't have a TV? Well, there's a rent center down the road. You think I'm funny? God bless y'all. Milk is in the refrigerator. Ain't nothing else in there but milk and water. I'm going to church. Help yourself. Make yourself at home. If you don't come with me, I'm going to the house of God. Woo! Hallelujah. Hear that door shut and that silence. He meant That you could hear a pin drop and the voice of God says, that one's mine that one's mine hallelujah you better listen to him I'm telling you the silence amen that follows an answer amen that's strong for God many times will shatter amen the the, the, the the heart of those that are listening listen to me amen we gotta make a difference but not only that amen for those that are in chains you know what it means to be in chains amen wrapped up can't get free amen just chafed the more you put against it the more it hurts you like I was preaching the other night about strongholds spirit of the Jebusite I ain't going nowhere but there's a power of life in the solitary that is there to break chains read it again Psalm 68 that's why he sets the solitary in the family to let the captive go free To set them at liberty that are bound. Who is thine only son? Who is he? Who is it that God gave to the family of man in that heavenly Isaac who was sacrificed? Amen. Made the symbol of the sacrifice. Amen. The father giving his son killing his son hallelujah but not to take him out of eternity and time but to show forth the type and the shadow of the father's gift of the son of god and abraham lifted his eyes and looked and over in the thicket was a ram caught by its horns and God gave a sacrifice. Hallelujah to God. Oh, there's so much there. Amen. But what you turn, I see, amen, a type of my Lord Jesus. But I'd like, oh, hallelujah. I'd like to bear witness in your heart tonight. Amen. If you're feeling a little humble about it, if you know for some reason that you think maybe God's talking to you as a solitary tonight, or maybe he's calling you to be a solitary, Solitary. It is a lonely place. Amen. It is a place of beloved. It is a place. Amen. Of loneliness. But it's also a place of precious life. And it is the reflection of the Son of God. In the midst of your family. Solitary. Jesus Christ. Is the solitary. Of God. Set. In the family of God. Can you see it here? I, I could read you all the 12 of the verses but I feel like will you say amen with me if you're with me so far alright cause I gotta go further here amen God said his only begotten son in the family of man now I'd like to name some solitaries but I, I don't want to take out uh, amen uh, let me do this quick if you've got your Bible still open there to Psalm 68. Church, I endeavor to be true to the Word of God. I'm not going str- to stray from it. I'm not going to preach my ideas. I'm going to stay in the context. Hey, Amen. I don't like pulling verb- uh, verbs or adjectives or nouns or portions or snippets or even single verses. I don't like to pull them out of Scripture. Make them a launching pad. I think a preacher ought not do that. I think if he's going to preach a topical message, he ought to stay within the context of the scripture he uses for a launching pad. And I don't know whether that's a good idea. My brother Chambers told me, he said, I don't have much count for a boy or a a man that will get up there and take a verse. He may never say the name of Jesus, never go back to it, but tell his stories and carry on about what he thinks. He said, I'm not here to do that with you tonight. I'm preaching to you that God has set you in your family to be a witness and a life-giving force to save them and to break their chains, hallelujah. Psalm 68, amen. This psalm, amen, is a song of David, amen, that is rehearsing the deliverance of the children of Israel, amen, because this is when God first revealed his name, Yahweh. Amen. Or Jehovah. The first time that God gave the name Yah or Jehovah was at the mount when Moses. Was leading the people out. You see, Amen. The people, Amen, had not been able to approach God and hadn't heard God's voice or known anything about Him for over four hundred years. The only thing they had was the bones of, Mo, of of Joseph and the words of Joseph that were handed down. He by the families of God that one day God will surely visit you. Go and read what Moses was commanded by God at the burning bush amen I am the God of thy fathers Abraham, Isaac and Jacob hallelujah I have surely visited you and seen you and heard your cry by reason of your cruel taskmasters it is the cry of the one that needs deliverance and I'm here to tell you you may not see it you may not know it you may not recognize it but there are those in your family and they are crying out on the inside for deliverance from sin well brother Gaines you're not in my house you're not in their heart but God is he knows the right moment to raise up the solitary he knows the right moment to pour the spirit of grace and supplications upon them And to move their heart with a promise. Which is where I'm going at the end of this tonight. Amen. I want to talk just a few minutes about some solitaries. The very first one that I feel like that I found. Amen. Is found or testified of out of the book of Genesis. But his name is listed in the hall of faith. In the book of Hebrews chapter number 11. And verse number 4. And I choose, amen, the New Testament's reference of him because of this verse. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. You hear that? He made a more excellent sacrifice. Then Cain, by which he obtained witness, that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it being dead, yet speaketh. There was a voice in that sacrifice, and it was echoed through the ages, in the shed blood of Abel spilt on the ground. And God asked Cain, the voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. There's a voice, there's a there's a there's 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 a sacrifice, thine only son. There's times when you get in prayer for your loved one, and there's a witness in your heart of the death of the Lord Jesus Christ for them, and it surpasses any ill feeling or any difficulty that you have with them and your heart becomes in line with the Son of God and you begin to weep for them you begin to pour out your sacrifice in the altar you begin to bear witness of the Christ that dwells within you that he died to save them also and therein there's a voice that speaks much louder hallelujah amen in the man and Jesus is the one that fulfilled that voice by the shedding of his own blood amen in Hebrews chapter 9 and so Abel amen I feel like was the first solitary in the family he knew the story of mom and daddy he saw and heard as they described to him in his growing up of how they departed from the garden of Eden and how God slew innocent animals I believe they were lambs and took their skins and covered them Amen. covered their nakedness that word covered by the way is head to toe y'all didn't know that did you who told you you were naked now that you know you are you need to cover it up that's for free church that's in the book. This ain't just some standard that we preach because we call ourselves holiness. Women are to be modest. That means covered. A man are to be modest. That means covered. Hallelujah. When folks look at you, they don't need to look at your dress, uh, the way that you are scantily clothed uh, or revealing anything uh, or too too tight-fitting menfolk. Listen to me. You need to look in their eye. When you got a testimony, they ought to see the countenance of God on your face. Their eyes aren't drawn to anything else. Can I preach a while? Holiness is right. I said holiness is right because it's in the book. Hallelujah. You're naked. I'm going to cover you up. I'm going to cover you in the blood. Abel saw that. Now, I, I, I'm, I can't chase that rabbit trail anymore. Abel saw that in the testimony of his daddy. And that's why he became a keeper of sheep. And that's why he felt in his heart to take a lamb because he felt his own sinfulness by the sweat of his brow, eating his bread. And laboring and seeing the loss of the glow that he must have had upon his mom and daddy's face. The loss that it was in his family. And so I believe that Abel was the first. Now I'm not going to labor all these. Amen. But we come to the next one and I find in Genesis chapter 5 and verse 24. There was a man called Enoch. And the Bible says Enoch walked with God and he was not. For God took him. Wow. You reckon he walked alone. In a world. That knew not God. And had forsaken God. In just a few generations. Sin had already begun. To run its course in the earth. And the curse of sin. Upon the earth. And Enoch. Was walking with God. He had this testimony. And if you look over, amen, in the book of Jude You'll find that Enoch was so close to God That he could see the future And he was the one that first testified He was the first prophet of the coming of the Son of God With all his 10,000 saints Amen, listen to me The Lord, amen will show you, when you get close to the Lord He'll help you understand a few things He'll help you to see down the road Amen, but it takes walking with him it was a lonely walk but Enoch didn't mind because he was walking with God but probably the one that stands out the most is in Genesis chapter 6 in verse number 9 in Genesis chapter 6 in verse number 9 now please bear with me I don't want to preach too long but I've got to get through this Genesis chapter 6 in verse number 8 but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Let's back up to verse number 7, 6, 5. Boy, we could just go back up. Verse 5, and God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth... And that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart Was only evil continually And it repented the Lord that he had made man up on the earth And it grieved him at his heart In other words the Lord was beginning to be sorry He meant that he had done this But he had a plan I don't fully understand that verse Brother Anderson But I know this God has a heart that can be understood And he was grieved I said he was grieved And God is grieved over your family tonight, church. He's grieved over your lost loved ones tonight. He's grieved that they've turned their hearts away. Amen. Listen, and the Lord said, I will destroy man from whom I've created, the face of the earth, both man and beast and creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made man. But Noah found grace. In the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations. The families. Or this is the generations around him. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man. And perfect. In his generations. And Noah walked with God. Same testimony. Noah was a solitary. He was a preacher of righteousness. He stood every day in the doorway. And preached to people. Hallelujah. Sister you had a Sunday school lesson about Noah. He stood alone. He had his three sons that he raised in righteousness. And he had wives. That he carefully allowed to come into that home. Because his boys were righteous and they were not going to be made unrighteous. They had to make their own decision but God's hand was upon them. And the Bible says that for 120 years Noah preached righteousness and I believe that on that day that God said come thou Noah in thy family into the ark. All thy house come into the ark. Why did he say come into the ark? Because he was already in the ark. He wasn't on the outside shutting the door. He was in there. Hallelujah. He was in the ark. And that ark is Christ. Hallelujah. And Noah walked in God. Whoa, walked with God. Noah was in Christ and he stood in that doorway and he called his family in and an open door sat for seven days while he continued to weep and preach and keep his family in the ark and the Bible said that on the seventh day God shut the door God shut the door and Noah preached, and he preached, and he preached. But all he got in the house was his family. We don't know how many seeds fall by the wayside. We don't know many, how many fall into good good soil, a good and obedient heart. We don't know how many fall among the thorns. But we know... That if God sets us as a solitary, he's intending for our house to get in the ark. I wish somebody would receive this tonight. God's trying to give you a promise for your loved ones he's trying to help you to believe that he has intention of bringing every one of them into the ark hallelujah to God Amen. even mama when she built that little boat out of bulrushes she was making an ark she was preparing an ark Amen. for her son Amen. mama I want to encourage you tonight Amen. God's got his hand on your life if you're living for him and he wants you to know that it's his intention to get all of them in the house he's not going to leave one of them behind his desire is that every one of them come in the door hallelujah amen and we think of Abraham who God called and Abraham certainly called out of his father's house moved to Haran and his father went with him but his father died in Haran and he wasn't done, now he had to go on. But he had his nephew Lot with him. And you get all the way down from the introduction of him in chapter 12 down to about verse, chapter number 18. And you find where, or excuse me, chapter 16, and you find where there's a battle. Amen, Lot, amen, is camped out in the gates of Sodom. Now the New Testament tells us that Lot was a righteous man. But he vexed his soul every day. He was living in the gates of Sodom. He was living just as close to the world as he could. Amen. And he found out. He meant what he really had in that world. He meant when the angels came that night to drag him out. He meant to drag him and his family out. Are you listening to me? God knows where they're living. He knows that they're living in the gate. He knows just how close they are to the world, and he knows, hallelujah, how much he meant of his hand is upon them, and how well they're able to respond to him. He meant when he goes after them. But I'm glad tonight that Abraham had. encouraging walk with God because of what had happened with his son Isaac. He meant Abraham knew that God had given him a promise for his family. And so in chapter 18 when God looks down upon Sodom and Gomorrah and he's getting ready to wipe them out. He goes by Abraham's tent to encourage him and remind him of the promise of Isaac. And then he said something that caught my heart. Shall I do this thing and not tell my friend Abraham I want to ask you tonight can God impose upon your friendship with him to reach to your loved one Abraham wasn't a soldier but he got 600 men gathered together out of his own house born in his house servants and he went after that boy and he recovered every bit of it Paid tithes to, to Melchizedek. Amen. Wouldn't give even a shoe latchet to any of them kings or let or receive anything from them, except what they ate. Amen. But you know the story. Amen. God came to him and he said, uh, I'm going to go do this. And Abraham said, Lord, would you spare the city for 50? And I'm not going to labor that, but you know he went all the way. Lord, shall not the judge of all the earth do right? How many of you have ever felt that prayer in your heart for your loved one? There are to be more hands. If you're walking with the Lord and you're a solitary. God ought to have the wherewithal to come and impose on your friendship. And say, hey, that boy's living in sin. That boy's living in the gate. And he's going to be destroyed. And as it was in the days of Sodom, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the coming. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? We're right there. The solitary needs to get a hold of this. God's willing to give them to you, and he'll come to you and say, What about this one? Abraham stood in the gap. Flesh trembling before God himself I believe it was the pre-incarnate Christ the two angels had gone on toward the city and while they're entering into the gates God is standing there talking to Abraham we don't know how long they stood there together but when the prayer meeting got over with God walked on he man and Abraham stood to see what would happen Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? God knows exactly where they are. And he needs somebody that he can impose on. Can he impose on you? God help me preach this. I'm going to step way out here on the limb where the fruit is. Amen. Some of us ain't praying for our loved ones anymore. Some of you ain't on your face. Like you ought to be for your children. You've given up. You've thrown in the towel. You said God whatever will be will be. And some of us maybe not for a child or somebody that's really close in flesh. But somebody in our family say, oh well. They're going to live their life that way. I guess they'll get what they deserve in the end. I pray that's not named among us tonight. I say we ought to believe God. I say we ought to take him in his word. I say we ought to let him come visit on us uh, and stand before us uh, and see if we'll argue. uh, See if we'll Jew him down. uh, See if we'll cause him to say, wait a minute, uh, I'm going to hold back uh, the fire and the brimstone from falling uh, until I get that boy out. And not only that, but I'm going to get his family out. Now you know the rest of the story, don't you? He meant Lot Lot went to his sons. He meant he went to his children, his his family, is extended they wouldn't listen to him because he was living in the gate of Sodom he had no testimony he had no credibility with his family even his wife turned and looked back I don't know what to think about lot. I don't know why that he was called righteous. But I know this. The Lord knoweth them that are his. And let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. And God's talking to us tonight church. It's all right. It's quiet. It's all right. But can God prevail upon you? To stop the destruction long enough to pull them out as brands from the burning. And literally that's what happened. I thank God tonight. He man for the man of Gadara. In Mark chapter 5 you hear the story. That Jesus purposed in his heart to go over to the other side. He got his disciples in the boat. And we'll just step forward through that until we get to the place where they come to the shore. And the Bible says that there dwelt among the tombs a man who cut himself. Who was self-destructive. Who cried out. Who was wrapped with chains from the community, even maybe his family. To hold him down. But they just couldn't hold him down. He was a wild man. And one man said. And I don't know this to be true. But. He's living in the tombs. Running around. Unclothed. Trying to cut himself. And cause pain. Maybe he was living his regrets. In that graveyard. Maybe his mom and daddy was there. If you read carefully, when Jesus found him sitting clothed and right mind at his feet, begged him to go with him, Jesus said, no, go home and tell your friends. The only time that Jesus used the word friends in conjunction was sending somebody home after he delivered them. Maybe that man didn't have any more family, but he still became a solitary For the community that once shunned him. Church. Jesus comes to that one. And does the work in their heart to set them free. So that he can turn and send them back. Into the place where they can do the most good. The man of Gadara. I'm hurrying here. i I've labored this too much and there's so much here I could preach in those verses but you read it in Mark chapter 5 verses all the way 1 and then down to 19 and 20 Amen but a Savior came to find a man who was a severe case but when he was done with him when the devils were subject to Christ and they are always subject to Christ He was found clothed and in his right mind. Those that saw it, they ran to tell it. And they didn't want nothing to do with him. Here at the very beginning of his salvation experience, of his deliverance, the townspeople were out, come out to see what happened to their swine. And they bid him to leave. They said, get out of here. They wasn't just talking to Jesus, they was talking to him too. He had a lonely road and he knew it. That's why he said to Jesus, Let me go with you. Jesus said, No, go. Go back with him. Go back to him and tell what great things God has done for you. It is a lonely place. It is a lonely place. But you read later about the cities of Decapolis and you read the revival. That took place in that part, then that region during the time of Acts. And you'll find that that one man sparked a move of God that saw thousands saved. Because one man was delivered, turned around and went back to where he came from. Hallelujah. Brother Anderson, one of the greatest things that God can do is save a man out of prison. And clean him up and straighten him up and turn around and put him right back in prison ministry. <laughs> but he's free. He could go on and live his life. He could go join the church and be happy. Oh, but God said, no. I got to have a witness. I got to have a chain breaker. I got to have somebody to stand up against the rebellious and take a stand for who I am and what they've got to have from me. And I'm going to use you. I'm going to marry myself to you. I'm going to fill you with my Holy Ghost. I'm going to put my life in you. And every time you open your mouth, the word of life is going to come out of your mouth. Hallelujah to God oh I want to be a solitary don't you oh I got to hurry the man of Gadara and then there's just, just just this one maybe another Acts chapter 10 verses 1 through 8 Cornelius amen the Bible says that he was a devout man amen A man that was an alms giver. He was a person, a man that wasn't a Jew. But he loved the Lord. He was worshiping God, trying to understand. I don't know that Cornelius was the centurion. A man that might have been there the day of the cross. Some have speculated that. We don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us. But certainly Cornelius, a man being the captain, he man of the Italian band... That was the band that was charged with giving guard to Pilate It was the personal guard of Pilate And so surely if he wasn't that man He surely knew that man And I'm sure they've talked And something happened on that day at Calvary When that man looked up And the NIV is wrong He's not a son of God This must be the son of God That's what your Bible says Get away from that filthy mess That destroys the divinity of Christ Somebody say amen with me Get rid of that old nasty NIV Get back in that King James Bible where the Holy Ghost can talk to you because that's the word God gave us. Hallelujah. I believe Cornelius knew that centurion if he wasn't the man himself. And it was enough for him. But somehow, Cornelius in Acts chapter 8 or Acts chapter 10. I, well, y'all give me just five more minutes. Amen. I don't want to labor. I don't want to worry you. Amen. Acts chapter number 10. Amen. In verse number 1, it says, Amen. Acts chapter 10, verse number 1. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band, a devout man, and one that feared God. Look, Notice this with all his house. Which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. He was a giver. He was a prayer. He was devout. In other words, he was faithful. He kept his appointments with God. He, man, he had a routine of worship with God. And not only that, but he didn't do it in a corner. But he led his household. Oh, help me preach. Men, folk, you are to lead your home. You are to lead your family. You ought to get in there and show him what it means to worship God. Show him what it means to pray. Woo, hallelujah. You want your family in the ark with you.